Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast dedicated to chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Elphick. And I'm Connor Thompson. This week, we've got an exciting episode for you today. Actually, it's pretty par for the course, I think. Yeah, it's a pretty okay episode. Yeah. Uh, October 22nd through 28th in 1992. A pretty okay year. October 22nd. This title is very long. I'm going to start saying the title, and I will let you know when I am done. Trying Clinton on for size. Like people contemplating marriage, voters must close their eyes and imagine life with Bill. The governor hopes they'll overcome their doubts. Bush hopes they'll get cold feet. End title. Imagine that on, like, the front page. That is so wordy. Yeah. Americans already have a picture of George Bush as president. They know all they think they need to know, his style, instincts, his Dana Carvey eccentricities, but the country seems unprepared to re-elect him. So for the next dozen days, millions of Americans will be in the final phase of trying on Bill Clinton for size, a guy they barely heard of a year ago. The psychology is similar to what goes on when an engaged couple tries to visualize themselves as husband and wife, or perhaps when the couple buys a home. Just before the closing, they'll bring swatches of material to the new place, they'll argue over where to put the couch, they'll try to imagine eating breakfast while looking at a particular window. Ah, homeownership. Yeah, I wish I could resonate with any of this, but as a nearly 30-year-old, I'm nowhere close to it. Hey, you're you're at least engaged. I guess. (laughs) That's probably not the way that you enthusiastically respond to a friend saying, at least you're engaged. Womp womp. Don't worry. Does Tally even listen to this? Probably. Yeah, no, she does. Okay. Yeah, she'll hear this and give me shit later. You'll you'll be married by then. Oh, God. Congratulations, Talia. Woo! In the same way, less than two weeks before they close the curtain for the voting booth, many Americans are wondering if they can live with Bill Clinton. If the election were today, almost half the voters would give Clinton a shot at it, according to the latest LA Times poll. But it's not today, and about one-third of those ostensible Clinton supporters say they're still unsure of their choice. And so people like Jody Richmond, age 36, a hexwife from Lincoln, Nebraska, are still test-driving Bill Clinton to see if he's big enough for the job. Oh my god. I think Clinton would probably do okay, but there's something about him. You just don't look at him and think, President of the United States, Richmond says. Maybe he's a little too charming, like he could talk you into anything. Also, there are many ellipses in this article. Yeah. Talk you into anything, dot, 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 actually in the article. I have no comment. No further comment. I mean, it's like they know. Like, fucking, if he's big enough for the job. I said no further comment. October 23rd, (laughs) Sears posts first loss since 1933. Uh Uh-oh. Sears Roebuck and Company said today that it lost $833.7 million in the third quarter, citing huge losses at its Allstate Insurance subsidiary because of Hurricanes Andrew and Iniki, and the costs of compensating consumers for unnecessary auto repair work. Bastards. The loss was the first to be reported by Sears since 1933, and it sharply contrasted the company's net income of $229.2 million, or $0.67 cents a share, in the third quarter of 91. Sears Canada, for our American listeners, is uh, in, its, it's in its final days. It's dissolving. Yeah, it is dissolving much like Pop Rocks in your mouth. Ooh. Without a pension. Wow. You don't get a pension if you eat <laughs> Pop Rocks. Jesus Christ. I'm just saying. October 24th, Clinton campaign uses fake menu to roast Bush. <clears throat> 
Bill Clinton's campaign was quick to seize on President Bush's Waffle House excursion, handing out special menus Friday that suggested the president was the proprietor of a Waffle House that served up a rack of lamb, deep voodoo pie, and half-baked head start. Bush put the Waffle House chain on the political map by making a breakfast stop at one such restaurant in Spartanburg, South Carolina, dope name, on Thursday, and then, after some prodding by aides, telling audiences Clinton would turn the White House into a Waffle House if he were elected. Is that a bad thing? It really is not. Have you ever been to a Waffle House? I've been to Waffle House with you. Oh, I'm talking to an audience. I'm talking to the audience. If you've never been to a Waffle House, find one. Oh, yeah. They're fucking excellent. Fuck, Waffle House is good. On Friday, a Clinton agent came into the Bush campaign's press filing center here and distributed the fake menu. The White House is already George Bush's Waffle House, declared the bright yellow menu, which was encased in plastic, just like the real thing. It features read my lips service, jobs on the short side, and a pay raise souffle. Delicious. God, this is hokey. It is hokey as fuck. I don't know how either of them managed to ever win an elected office with shit like that. Because they're running against each other. But... I mean, I'd be if if some if Bush if I was running for president and Bush made that claim, I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, it's gonna be a Waffle House. We're gonna be having waffles up in this bitch every morning." I promise that your next eight years will be smothered and covered. Waffle House is great. That's what we're trying to say. We're not endorsed by Waffle House. Anyway, let's move on. Speaking of food, October twenty fifth, pretzels are as much Philadelphia as the Liberty Bell. Ooh, there are some baldies. There are some salties. I assume they're talking about pretzels. They come with or without mustard, except in Philadelphia, it's mostly with. It's the soft pretzel, consumed by thousands each day in the city of brotherly love, and coveted in other cities by those willing to even have them pay to get shipped. Ooh. Sometimes they're a snack, sometimes they're more. Romantic. Quote, they're like a meal, and often a substitute for lunch, says Sandy Brinkos, a legal secretary from a little community called Lansdale, I assume. They fill you up and taste just great. There's even a pretzel museum, and it claims Philadelphia to be the pretzel capital of the country. But there are no numbers to back up that contention, even from the bakeries themselves. The soft pretzel came to Philadelphia around 1900, and it's uh, been an industry that's been growing ever since. Quote, children learned to eat them at a young age, and the kids grew up and passed the love of soft pretzels to their children and grandchildren, so the industry keeps growing. And that's been true even during the latest recession. Despite the tough times, people still eat pretzels because they're cheap. Pretzels are fucking delicious. Pretzels are something we can always rely on. In times of recession, times of political turmoil, we can always count on the pretzel. Because these pretzels are making me thirsty. Wow. October, oh shit, October 25th, what year is this? How am I blanking on this? Oh yeah, 92. 92, I turned. fourth birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Four, four is a very good formative year, I think. It, what what did I have when I was four? I think I was four when I first learned that magnets could make the TV turn a funny color. Oh, yeah, that was always that was something fun to play with. Yeah, I remember getting told yeah. off a fair amount for that. Four. I think the, I think the Super Nintendo came out. Uh, no, that was 1990. Yeah. More on that later. October 26th. The Charlottetown Accord, a package of proposed amendments to the Constitution of Canada, proposed by the Canadian federal and provincial governments, was submitted to a public referendum today, but was defeated. Dang? Yeah, well, they, they, they figured it out eventually. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. I don't know too much about the Charlottetown Accord. It didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Oh, well. I love referendums, although they often disappoint me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, Quebec was okay. 
Oh yeah, that was good. But I mean, we had one for like electoral reform. I think that was right before we turned 18, maybe. Yeah, I didn't get to vote for that one. Yeah, that kind of that kind of cheesed me. Anyway, let's move on to October 27th. 5,000 stolen Barbie dolls are recovered. Oh, thank Christ. A San Diego man's collection of Barbie dolls, which he values at a million dollars, turned up Monday in a storage locker. All 5,000 of them jammed into 37 boxes and crammed into a tiny room from floor to ceiling, San Diego police said. Detectives turned up the dolls two weeks after they had disappeared in what was perhaps the largest Barbie doll heist in the nation's history, probably the world's. The dolls were stolen from a Normal Heights home. That's suspicious. Right. Normal Heights. Normal it's like Heights. fucking uh, Sudden, uh, Sudden Valley. Normal Sudden. Heights sounds like sounds like the place where I'd like ride my bike to go buy like a dime bag or something. Oh, yeah, totally. The yeah. dealers on Normal Heights. Right. Uh, the house was then torched twice in an attempt to cover up the theft. The collection was not insured. Quote, when I saw this, I'm like, I'm numb. Collector Glenn O'Field, 42, said Monday after displaying uh, a 1961 ponytailed Barbie amidst the glow of television lights after he got them back. And he quoted, I've got them back. Yeah. Police were led to the dolls after the apparent suicide of uh, Saturday of a man whom Omfield once worked. Fuck. That's a, a depressing end, but yeah. I'm glad the 40-year-old got his Barbies back. All right, well, on that weird note, let's close out the week. October 28th, the end of the world, predicted by uh, the Dami Mission, Dami, Dami, a Christian oh. religious movement founded in South Korea by Lee Jang-rim, does not occur. That's right, write that down. The world did not end on October 28th, 1992. Really? Write it down, save it for later. After the prediction failed, Lee was convicted of defrauding his followers out of millions of dollars. No shit. Yeah, and that's your week. Let's move into movies and music. Yeah, let's. Jumping into the box office in the number one spot. Holy shit. Under Siege. I know, right? Oh, it feels so good. Another Steven Seagal feature. Yeah, Steven Seagal feature. Apparently this was one of his, uh, one of, if not maybe his top grossing movie. Also, it received, get this, two academy award nominations Ooh. nothing to do with the movie itself it's like sound editing and something oh, like that that's funny it also didn't win it's the only steven seagal movie to ever receive academy award nominations classic but i mean yeah this is a classic movie about you know about a chef about a cook who fights for what's right who fights for his shipmates who fights to overthrow mercenaries remember mercenaries when that was a thing right he overthrew tommy lee jones whoa okay yeah i gotta derail this for a second okay uh which i guess would have been under siege 2 um the train one did you know that tommy lee jones was al gore's college roommate i did know that really yeah i read that today oh, when yeah. i was reading about our al gore yeah, that came up, like, I think I learned about that around the time An Inconvenient Truth came out. That was, like, a fun yeah. tidbit that yeah. made its way around the news circuit again. Al Gore, Tommy Lee Jones, BFFs in college. Did they get high together? Who knows? Oh, that'd be weird. Yeah, um, Siege, fucking great movie. This list isn't great, but there is one other one I'd like to discuss. The Mighty Ducks <laughs> is on here in the number four spot. Oh, man. I think this is a case of the first one being the best one. D2 is pretty good. Yeah, D2. Yeah. But I think the original is my favorite. The original has everything. Fucking Emilio at some of his finest. 
and just i don't know the whole formation of the team just the whole thing with uh, it was just a really jackson right it was a fun original story yeah and obviously as, as kids at the time it impacted us far more greatly than i think the general population which I, is fine. I don't know. I think this goes down as a pretty classic movie. Fucking oh, it does. ducks fly together. Everyone knows about the flying V. Oh yeah, everyone knows about the flying V. That is uh, that is how ducks fly together. It really is. Yeah. Uh, let's end it there. Oh, I Reservoir think... Dogs is also on the radar, but that's okay. Let's not talk about any Miramax films right now. Agreed. Uh, getting into the RPM 100 top albums in Canada. Very specific. And the number one spot, this is a pretty good album, Eric Clapton's Unplugged. Is it like an acoustic album? It in fact is. It's pretty good. I like it. I think I own it, actually. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Dance Mix 92 is in the next spot, as one would expect. Uh, Ooh, at three is Bare Naked Ladies, Gordon. I can get behind that. I can always dig some some 90s BNL. Right. Uh, Four is Peter Gabriel with Us. Which is okay. Hmm. Uh, ooh, five Queen's Greatest Hits. That That's is a, also good. an album I own. Yeah, now this is probably around the time of Wayne's World, maybe? 92? 92? I, I think Wayne's World is a little later. I could be wrong. I don't know. Well, I guess... We have no way of finding out. Yep, there is no way to tell. Um, And I think the only other one on here I super want to talk about is at number six. Brand, yeah. brand new on the charts. The Tragically Hip with... Fully and completely. I think that is, I think that's, yeah, a really good thing to sort of narrow in on a little bit this week. Connor, you are the resident hip fan. I think now is an appropriate week to uh, discuss it a little bit. We all knew that this was coming. Yeah. Like brain cancer is not like a get well soon card sort of ordeal. Yeah. I mean, it was announced as a terminal thing. Yeah. Like they were very clear about this. Yeah. And this was such a big deal to us as Canadians that like there was a news conference. Yeah. Like his neurosurgeon or I think he was actually a specialist, um, but he spoke to it and basically in very plain words said, this is terminal. It is very serious. You now know what we know. So it wasn't unexpected. It, that doesn't take away from the gravity of it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Gordon Downey was a is a national treasure, and I think always will be. I think yeah. I think he has managed to cement himself up there with the greats, especially using his final years to just tackle plights like uh, you know the plights yeah. of the indigenous people. And even just cancer awareness and and just everything. Yeah, and like he he really went with uh, Atawapiskat and yeah. then the Secret Path now. So I'm sure his work will live on, which is you know inspirational. So I don't think we need to hammer this home. But Gord Downey passed away this week, very unfortunate and a, a loss for us all. Agreed. I think that's a that's enough a for music. I think end. yeah, that is a perfect note to end music on with just a. A record in one of the, what will go down as one of the greatest bands in Canadian history, I think. I, I agree. All right, let's move into our 90s spotlight. And this week is actually a, a second part of a recent spotlight. So, uh, it wasn't last episode, was it? It was a couple weeks ago I think ago it was a couple now, weeks ago. Two or three. But we had talked about uh, people, especially in our age bracket, but I think this applies to everyone, trying to buy back pieces of their childhood. And I'd mentioned that I was cheesed because I wanted to buy a Super Nintendo Classic. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it happened. 
You motherfucker. I fucking got one. We goddamn did it. We did uh, it. I'm coming over and playing some. I want to play. I want to get my hands on some Star Fox 2. Oh, I'm so excited. You are welcome over anytime. Yeah. Like, we will play. Because, I mean, a lot of things I've played on the SNES. Is there a game you're most excited for on this? Oh, definitely Star Fox 2. But yeah. I also, like, I never what, played what Super Super Mario World. Oh, Mario World. I'd never is played it. Great. Here's the thing. And some of you might be thinking, who gives a shit? Some of you might be thinking, how did that asshole get a Super Nintendo Classic? And I will tell you. It's a good story. So I was on, there's a a subreddit called Amiibo Canada. Uh, Talia loves Breath of the Wild. And the Amiibo, the little Nintendo, like, statuettes that you can scan into the game and give you things. Interactive figurines that sort of... They're fun. um, They unlock content, sometimes just unlock costumes, stuff like that. They're neat little things. We have a shitload of them. Um, But Talia specifically and really only wants the ones for this game because they unlock certain things and she's wicked into Breath of the Wild. So I was looking on that subreddit because I was waiting for some that are coming out to pre-order them. And I saw someone who posted at 4 p.m. today on BestBuy.ca, uh, the Super Nintendo Classic will reappear. Holy shit, I need to get ready. My life at 4 p.m. is going on pause. But, so I opened the thread just to see what people are saying. And some wonderful person had posted in there uh, a link that would allow that would bring you to your shopping cart, but would also put the Super Nintendo into your shopping cart. This is the only reason I now own one. So I was able to follow that link. I logged in. I put my personal info in there, my credit card info, set an alarm for 355. I was actually out. I was playing disc golf with my buddy, Jer. We stopped. I opened that page up and just kept refreshing. 4 p.m. rolls around. Refresh. It comes up. I hit checkout. I put in the three-digit code for my credit card. Hit the button. That's it. I've got one. Talia, who I didn't tell about this just in case like it fucked up and didn't work. She was waiting it comes available. She adds it to her shopping cart. She clicks to check out. She is too late. Oh, it was that quick. There were apparently someone uh, scraped the info from the page. There were 790 units available. Holy fuck. And you got one of them. I got one of them. That's uh... and the rest were gone in literally 10, 15 seconds. It is a beautiful feeling. Like it sucks when there's scarcity for for something that a lot of people want. Absolutely. But it is a beautiful feeling when you manage to get one of those things. I feel like I got especially something like this. Like I got the last Turbo Man doll. Yeah. You got the yeah, you are the one in the store who got the last Turbo Man. You're driving away and Talia is running behind your station wagon just well, I mean, like she now has one too. We live together. That's true. Yeah. She she yeah. gets to benefit from it. Yeah. Also, yeah. she's buying it for me for my birthday. Not, oh, so she's fronting, not she's my fourth birthday, my 29th birthday. Yeah. I she, mean, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a oh, good thing. Speaking of rebuying your childhood, she also bought me two pre-made decks of Pokemon cards. And last night we figured out how to play the Pokemon card game and did that. And that was actually super fun. Seems neat. It is. It is surprisingly like nostalgic. I, I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. It was actually very fun. I don't think I've touched the trading card game in probably 16, 17 years. I hadn't either. Yeah. And that's I, that's a, a good story, just how the internet can come together and just kind of help each other out. I like it was, that. It was very cool. And like I went back to the subreddit and I was like, hey, man, thank you so much for posting this. Like, you are the reason I now own one. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to diverge a little bit as sure. we've been known to do on the podcast. 
the internet is really this it, it's really like it makes me believe in some comic book uh tropes okay you know how like okay someone gets superpowers someone you know batman starts existing through not superpowers but whatever you get a superhero shortly after a super villain follows it's just always the case. You can't have Batman without the Joker. You can't have Superman without Lex Luthor. You can't have Spider-Man without, let's say, the Green Goblin. That's kind of just the way it is, right? I think so. Yeah. And the internet, I think, is a perfect example of it. We see so many examples like this of just the great things that can happen when people come together for a common goal. Yeah. But with that... The internet is also a pile of shit. Oh, it's a cesspool. It is a cesspool. And like Reddit especially. There are some terrible, there are some cringe-worthy, despicable subreddits. Most of it is horrible and corporate now. But then there are also those subreddits that just really highlight what humanity is capable of in yeah. a positive way. I agree. So I think that the internet is both a superhero and a supervillain it is now, it has escalated the world to that level let's bring it back to the 90s so bring it back to say 1998 okay 98 99 we're gonna, like we're the internet is club seven the and bring is, it all back to you right it's that's so good the internet is becoming a real thing yeah do you think that we are better off now for having it and being as reliant on it as we as a society are Knowing the pros and cons, if you could snap your fingers and just, you know, the internet just was a thing that didn't work out. Just in 1998, you can, you can, it just go back to trains where you can push it off the track. Yeah, just, it just fizzles out. I, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, something, something, I forget how the rest of that goes. You take them all and there you have the facts of life, but. Yeah, and the facts of life is. call it black and white. Do you think we're better off for it? It's a big question, right? It is, and. There is no black and white answer to it, but fuck it. I'm still taking the internet. I think we are too. Yeah, I'm still taking the internet. It's, you know, there are some bad things, but I still have hope. I have hope that, you know, I have hope that Batman will will be triumphant over the Joker. I I have hope that Captain America will defeat the Red Skull. I have hope that humanity will rise above the shitty parts of humanity. Yeah, we can be we can become Star Trek. We don't have to be no Star Wars. Star Trek. Well, I love Star Wars well, like too. The Empire and the yeah, but the Empire and the Rebellion. Like that's true. We could be the Federation. Anyway, basically, I, I think that's enough of that conversation. I don't know. Don't if you're if you've got a Gungan and he's like, hey, let's give these provisional powers to wow to this really you know kind of kind of shady looking dude from Naboo. Palpatine. Maybe think twice. Yeah, but yeah, internet overall good. I think so. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to our sponsorship segment. Every week on the show, we bring you a sponsor, sometimes real, sometimes fictitious, sometimes paid. Uh, this is not a, a paid one. This, this is, is this is a sponsorship some, from the heart. Yeah, this week, Stuck in the 90s, is brought to you by stopping, collaborating, and listening. Sometimes Ice comes back with a brand new rendition, although not lately. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's it's important, I mean, you know, take some time out of your daily life, you know, maybe once a day yeah. if you can, to just kind of stop and and collaborate. Find someone. Find someone to collaborate with. And when you do that collaboration, listen to them. Value their input. Yeah, these are, these are the words that ICE has been giving to us for well over 25 years now. Literally decades. It's, it's sage advice. I mean, stop 
Yeah, like work together. It's like what we're saying with the internet. Work together, listen to each other. The world will be a better place if we just take Vanilla Ice's word. This is the nicest sponsor we've ever had. I know, and I think... I feel good about this. We've we've cracked the Da Vinci Code that is Ice Ice Baby. Wow. Yeah, so you know what? In your daily life, when you're listening to this podcast, you know, afterwards, take a look around you. Stop, collaborate, and listen. As always, you can find us online at stuckinthe90spodcast.com. We are on Facebook and Instagram at stuckinthe90spodcast. We're on Twitter at SIT90s. We will get our social media shit together, I promise. I promise we will. I don't know if I uphold my promises, but I promise it anyway. Okay, Um, I'm more behind that I'm more behind that, like, half promise. We do not have our spreadsheet in front of us, but next week we are most assuredly doing a week in the 90s. I would imagine toward the latter half of the decade. Maybe the middle. Maybe the middle. Probably not early. I feel like we haven't done them. You know, when was the last time we did 94? 95. Yeah, 94. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, we've got it written down somewhere. That's the important thing. We write things down once in a while. Sometimes. Yeah. Writing things is good. That's, you know, when you're you're collaborating with someone. Printing things is good. Cursive is gone. Oh, yeah. Fuck cursive. Rest There's a 90s thing. That's... Well, another day. Yeah. That is for another podcast because, for now... The podcast, the podcast is, is now over. over.